You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Welcome back. L Tree had two friendlies in this October window. Here's a look at how they fared. They got the 2 0 win over Ghana over the weekend. And then yesterday, it ends in a 2 2 draw against Germany. So, for more on Mexico and their international break, we welcome in our good friend Felipe Cardenas. Two days in a row? What is going on? I mean, you missed me. You said you missed me. Now I'm back. Now you can't get rid of me. Aww. I did. I'm, I'm delighted. It's, it's always lovely to see you. Um, let's chat about this 2-2 uh, draw between Mexico and Germany. How do you think Mexico fans will be feeling after that result? Well, hey, I, I put it out in the Twitter universe that I felt Mexico fans should be happy with the performance. And it, and it really did play out the way that I talked about yesterday. They conceded possession. They gave the ball to Germany. Germany had 68% possession. So that tells you everything about the way that Mexico wanted to play that game. And, you know, it in the end, it became like a backyard soccer game. It was great. It was very entertaining. I felt like tactics went out the window in the second half, and both teams were just trying to win. It, it almost came down to, like, last, last team that had the ball might win the game in Mexico they, they they got their chances in the run of play two goals in the run of play playing direct you know, really putting the back line Germany's back line under pressure that's how they get the first goal and then Uriel Antuna gets the assist uh, on the second goal the smallest player on the field getting a diving header for Mexico and and so it was a good result I thought like Mexico showed up and and they played to to their to their competition I know soccer really isn't transitive Felipe, it's easy to say that because the U.S. lost to Germany and Mexico tied Germany, then Mexico's playing better than the U.S. It doesn't really work like that. I want to go further, deeper. What did Mexico do to not get beat by Germany? U.S. presented some pinpoint mistakes that didn't allow them to win or, or that allowed Germany to pick them apart. What did Mexico do to not get beat? Yeah, I mean, to, to your point, you could say that Mexico softened up Ghana, you know, for the for the U.S. to come in right. and just thrash them last night, right? But uh, you know, I thought what Mexico did, if you want to compare the two performances, Mexico U.S. against Germany, Mexico was they just played a ninety minute game, and and that was the bottom line. They were very physical, they were intense for the entire time, and and again, I felt like the game plan 
really did work for them. And there there was less experimentation too from Jaime Lozano. Burhalter making a lot of subs in that game, moving it, moving guys out, moving guys in. And, and Jaime Lozano played the game as if it were a World Cup group stage match. And that's what it felt like with, with the crowd there and and really the, the the starting eleven for Mexico. But in the end, no mistakes. You know, when you play Germany, you play teams at that level, you you have to be almost perfect. And when they did make mistakes, the, the team was covering for each other. The back line was really solid. Uh, you had Guillermo Ochoa like showing up the way that he does in big games. Uh, and so that was the bottom line, Nico. I think that Mexico just played well and, and played the, the, a complete game. Uh, Felipe, I, we, I asked you last time you were on the show, which that was, wow, that was yesterday. Uh, 24 hours ago. <laughs> <yeah>. 23, <laughs> I think. About, uh, Santi Jimenez, how do you think he performed last night? Because this is a bit against big competition. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought he underwhelmed a little bit. You know, he had his chances. He really did. And, and that's what you want from your from a young striker, to get chances and to put him away. You know, I think the bottom line is, you know, that that's that's the story, though, Alexis. You know, coming off the game, it's like, is, is Santi Jimenez still, is, is he the number one striker for Mexico? And I think the, the answer is no. You know, he is the number one striker for Farinoid. You know, and they're playing, they've built tactics around Santi Jimenez in at, at, at the club level. That's not happening with Mexico. They're, they're still not sure. You know, Jaime Lozano wants to try out the, the more veteran strikers. Uh, and, and that's what's happening. I think Santi Jimenez is still 22 years old, young player. Uh, you know, yesterday he had the chances to convert. He, he, he sort of flopped in the box to try to earn a penalty when he should have just finished. Uh, you know, Ter Stegen, you know, a finger a fingertip save that that could have prevented a really nice goal for Santi Jimenez but other than that uh you know really not the player that we expected to see but again it's he's a young player and the Nationals team still is not saying we are going to build around him so that tells you everything about where he is right now internationally so would you say he is not their number one uh strike op- striker option for Mexico at the moment and if not, who is? I don't think he is. No, like he's he's the most in form. He's the most in form and he has the most potential. And, and, you know, you can just go on and on and on about like what this player is going to become. But right now he's not the number one striker. And Jaime Lozano has said it. You know, We want to try out every striker that we have. He's gone on and said that Henry Martin coming off of injury, scoring goals again. Raul Jimenez still has that equity at, within the national team. And even though he's not playing well with Fulham, they're going to give him opportunity. So until those other players sort of fall off the wayside, Santi Jimenez has competition with Mexico. Yeah, uh, Felipe, should we pivot a little bit? Bring it back to the U.S. Pivot. Uh, and, and pivot, pivot. Sure. pivot. We're, we're going to talk MLS now. Miami, Inter Miami, about to host Charlotte in the first of two games against each other in <laughs> a number of days. What are your expectations for this match for Miami, the crowd in Miami? What this mm-hmm. is going to look like for this team who is already out of the playoffs, but um, Charlotte hasn't been a good team. It would be a nice time to have a good statement. Yeah, Inter-Miami, you know, their 2023 season is done. You know, it's cooked. They, they didn't make the playoffs. Uh, they're they're preparing for, for, for a tour in China. Uh, and so that that's the future for them. But you, you mentioned that they have two games to go. They have a makeup game against Charlotte. So it's like a home and away game against Charlotte. And, you know, I think Messi's going to play. You know, going off of what he said yesterday, Lionel Messi has a brace against uh, against yeah. Peru. Plays really well. Uh, it's certainly not hurt anymore. Uh, and and in the post game, they asked him like, "What's next for you? What is your winter going to look like?" And the one thing that he said, which I thought was interesting, he's like, "I'm going to train and then I'm going to play in the game." that we have left like he may not know that they still have two more games to play but he's certainly going to play in one of those games and my guess would be 
it, you know, it's it could be tonight. Is he going to get on a flight and fly fly in and play at home against Charlotte, or is he going to play in that game away to Charlotte on the turf? Like, that's that's where we are right now. I'm sure the home fans would love to say goodbye to the 2023 season in Fort Lauderdale by watching a, a now fit uh-huh. Messi. So that's that's the big question for whether or not he's going to play. But he said he would. He said he's going to play again. Mm. You said game though. Does he know there's games? He said game. He yeah. <laughs> forgot about this right. one. The second one or the yeah. first one. I don't know. I highly doubt Messi. I don't know. It would be pretty impressive if he gets like on a PJ, arrives to Miami today. or We don't know that life, to, so. To play. It is impressive. I, I, is. I don't think so. Plus, there's not. Why risk him today? It would be impressive. Yeah. There's just a, a lot of strain. If he got hurt traveling around so much in a short amount of time, mm-hmm. back-to-back games, that's such a physically demanding game. I, I imagine he was alluding to but the second look, one. But look what he did last night. He looked like a kid again. He looked he like did. a kid again. Like he wants to play. Like he had highlight reel goals. He was just dicing people up. Like the guy wants to play again. And you know that Messi, if he's fit, he's going to play. So it's just going to come down to the committee here. Like is is the does the coach want him to play? Is he going to get in town in in town on time? Maybe they'll uh, rest but, him for the more important matches like the China Tour and the Newell's Old Boys. Yeah. <laughs> but exactly. exactly. I, I want. I want ask you because I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit worried about the amount of fans that are going to show up to this Inter-Miami game. I think it would have a better shot of getting close to a full crowd if it was on a weekend. This is the last home game of the season, but it's at 8.30. There's Mid-week. a lot of traffic to, to get up there. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the most Miami sentence. Why is it at 8.30? I don't know. That, and it, that's pretty late, but still, to get up to, to get up to Fort Lauderdale from Miami. That's a better proper. time, though. Than yes, but there's still... Yeah, still this is a city that wouldn't show up on time for LeBron, for, for D-Wade, Miami, and Chris Bosh. Yeah, now, but it's Messi. Like, everybody imagines Messi's not there. I'm thinking Jorge Massas has to have something in his back pocket, and Tata Martino alluded or at least entertain the question about Luis Suarez, who's out of a contract with Gremio at the end of this Brasileirão season. And he's pretty much in form. He's picked up the slack from the beginning of the season. Talk to me about that possibility of the Uruguayan on Inter. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's really close to, to, to happening. And, and I think it's because of a lot of factors. You mentioned that he's going to get out of his contract early at the end of the year with Gremio. Gremio's manager has already said, you know, goodbye, Luis Suarez. It's been great having him and we're going to miss him. So he's done. He's done in Brazil. And, you know, I think this comes down to, to you mentioned Jorge Mas. Like, Jorge, this is a deal that I think Jorge Mas has been after for for, for a long time. And so he's go, when, when Jorge Mas wants to get something done, I think he really goes after it and gets it done. And this sounds like something that will get done. You mentioned Tata Martino saying yesterday, telling reporters, we have a plan with Luis Suarez and we have a plan without Luis Suarez. That is, to me... As a public statement from a manager goes, like that, that that's pretty clear that there are that this is getting worked out, and so that's going to be huge. You mentioned like what is what is next for Inter Miami? Yes, you're going to go through an entire season next year with Messi again, Busquets and Jordi Alba, but but you throw in Luis Suarez now, and it's just like it, I don't even know if it's Hollywood, is it? But it's certainly something to 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 want to see. Like this is this guy is going to be appointment viewing as well. Uh, and you mentioned it. Yes, he, he he. Luis Suarez even says, "I have one knee. I'm only playing on one knee, and he's still scoring over 20 goals in one of the top leagues in South America." So that one, I think, is really going to be like the big winter signing for for Inter Miami and for MLS. Wow. Mm. Uh, real quick. I only have oh, one knee. Wait so. for it. Bring it. It's a bite joke. No, it's, oh. it wasn't. Oh I was, God! I, I was like, I'm like, you I know it's coming. For it? <laughs> you think Messi plays his, plays on turf in Charlotte? 
again, you know, he said he would. He said he would. And the only reason he didn't in Atlanta is because he really was injured. Like, whatever injury he had, it prevented him from playing in that game against against Atlanta United. And so, you know, I, I can't say yes or no. I think it's really interesting that he said last night, I'm going to play in another game. And, like, what game is that going to be when you only have two and one of them is on turf? Hmm. Uh, but he honestly is feeling good physically, so he might take that risk. But I don't know if the club will. I don't know if the club Ooh, wants yeah. to play, play mm. in that game. That'll interesting. be interesting. Interesting. Uh, Felipe Cardenas, always great to see you. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us again this morning. Great stuff as always. All right. Have a good one. All right, guys. We are going to take a break right now, though. Uh, on the other side, we're chatting Conmebol World Cup. Yeah. All the virus. Let's go. Stay with us. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast robert half research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring if you have open roles chances are you're feeling this too that's why you need robert half our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Good morning, footy. Comeball World Cup qualifiers are underway. Here's a look at Tuesday's results. Venezuela with the 3-0 win over Chile. Paraguay get the 1-0 win over Bolivia. It was a 0-0 draw between Ecuador and Colombia. Uruguay 2-0 over Brazil. And Argentina 2-0 over Peru. A brace from one Lionel Messi. Uh, But let's get into uh, Uruguay-Brazil. We talked about this match yesterday. Miko, you were very excited yep. for this game. Um, how did you see it play out? I think it played out how we anticipated it to play out. Uruguay, at the end of the day, are better than Brazil at the moment. And it's not like I'm worried for Brazil that they're not going to qualify for the World Cup because we don't live in that reality. And 99% of the infinite realities that we live in 
Brazil's going to make the World Cup. Right? Or 99% of the, of the infinite realities that are out there. Wow. Brazil makes the World Cup. Gosh, I need to reevaluate But there's something there that's not convincing. And I don't know if having the manager of a, of a club team that is in a whole other context right now is the right call right now. There's it's a Carlo weird Ancelotti. situation. Carlo Ancelotti's gonna have to grab a hot potato and if there's anybody that can make do with, with a hot potato and, and not get burned by what he's holding, it's Carlo Ancelotti going into the Copa America. Um, but Uruguay outclassed Brazil yesterday. Um, even when Neymar came off injured, through 45 minutes, there weren't that too many forward passes in Uruguay's, Uruguay's territory. Uh, Uruguay brought a fight, typical of Uruguay, but then collectively going forward, they showed their talent in Nico de la Cruz, in Fede Valverde, in Darwin Nunez, in Pellistri, um, and they even have a kid playing in Mexico, uh, Toluca, Araujo, Araujo, that sets up the goal for uh, Darwin Nunez. That ball yesterday, mm-hmm. he played really well. Um, he so, is really confident with the national team. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And both off of throw-ins. Here's uh, yeah. Araujo setting up Darwin uh. Nunez. But Look how happy Suze is watching it in an yeah. Uruguay goal. Seriously, makes my heart <laughs> sing. Makes my heart sing. More of that, Darwin. I, I think the decision uh, to bring in a manager like Janice is because of, and we've talked about this. Look at that. That's that <gasps> never give up. He's so strong. Look at this. So strong. Put two on him if you want. Wow. It's not going to matter. Absolutely incredible. And they really seem to be taking on the the Bielsa personality of leave it all on the pitch, mm-hmm. fight, fight, fight. But when you look at Janice, he plays a style called relationism. We've talked about it on the show before. It's basically the same thing Carlo Ancelotti does at a, in, in, with a few tactical differences. Carlo Ancelotti, clearly much better at it. Carlo Ancelotti's whole system pretty much relies on you guys know each other. You guys are really good. Go out there and play. I'll put you in position, but I want you to do what you want to do. Yeah, but yesterday, they don't look like these guys know each other. But the point is, it's 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 almost like a, a, an appetizer to the main meal. It's as opposed to bring someone who's going to be very regimented and then have it be a right. big switch yeah. when Carlo Ancelotti comes. But someone who's but not even at the Federation every day. Because that's the Janice that's is going to go back to Fluminense. That's the confusing part. He won't step foot into the national team. He finally asked, by the way, for the national team to go back to training at, at their their headquarters. But it's like if you're not there. Day in, yeah. day out. But that's on the Federation. A caretaker, a caretaker manager is, is a weird way to look at it. But now comes the question, where, where will this team be at the next World Cup for Brazil? Will Neymar be the starter? Will he be healthy enough to start? Mm-hmm. And if not, who replaces him? You've got Rodrigo, Rafinha, Vinicius, who could potentially slide into that position. Yeah. Bruno Guimarães, Paqueta. Paqueta, Gabriel Jesus. There's an infinite amount of talent that they have seemingly. Absolutely, but who who can go in and do what Neymar does? Mm. Who fits in with everyone else at the level that Neymar does, especially the way Carlo Ancelotti wants to play, which is relationship-based, that an understanding of what the other player is going to do, as opposed to, you know, um, Pep Guardiola style of like, don't run to the ball, the ball runs to you. Carlo Ancelotti is the opposite. Mm-hmm. You need to have a relationship with this player. Who fits into that spot? There's a couple of questions leading up, but I do feel like there's still time. Yeah. It's hard to see those pictures of Neymar, to be honest. Like, just as I, I went off with, with a knee injury in one of my games, and it is one of the weirdest feelings ever because you, it, whatever injury it is, your life literally changes in an instant and mm-hmm. everything else just keeps going. Mm-hmm. And it, 
so when I see those, it's hard. It doesn't matter who the person is, the player is. I think even more so right now just with Neymar and all of the talk around him, is he who they need him to be? Does he fit? If he's not in this squad, what are they going to look like? Um, but, ooh, that's hard. That's hard to see for me. Just brings a lot of emotions up. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure it's incredibly. The pain in his eyes. He, he was like right in away. agony. Ugh. In absolute agony. And then also, you know, just watching him cry as he's being carted off the pitch. It, well, I agree. I mean, you, never, you just never, ever want Anyone to see to, that for, yeah. for a player. Anyone. It's heartbreaking. Um, on a positive yeah, flip it. note, uh, Felipe mentioned uh, the play of Lionel Messi. He got a brace in that 2-0 win over Peru. Mm. Um, I, do you feel like it kind of put injury for sure. worries aside? 90 minutes in the way that he was playing. Yeah. He was turning defenders or <laughs> rivals inside out, rather. Argentina's playing at full throttle confidence. And it's not the individual stars that are the difference. Despite Argentina having individual stars, this team is strong collectively. The mm-hmm. way that they combine, that they understand not only their own role individually, but everyone else's role around them, where they're going to be. Credit to Nico Gonzalez, not a World Cup winner, uh, the Fiorentina winger, played amazingly yesterday. They, they still haven't given up a goal since the World ah, Cup final. Right. Yeah, Leo they're Martinez in, in incredible form. You know what it made me think of Messi when he was dribbling on the sideline there? It, it's like a kid at school when you're playing tag and like you can't get close to him. He's just like, there's like three players chasing <laughs> him. He's like, ah, now I'm going to go this way. I'm going to go this way. Like that was <laughs> yep. incredible. I think that's what's going through his head. Incredible. Go like, way. oh, you can't tag way. me. Can't tag yeah. me. Can Before we go to break, I just want to sh- give a shout out to Venezuela who are having, they're off to a hot start. This has got to be their cycle that they make a World Cup. Credit to them. Mm -hmm. And they beat Chile, who I'm very worried about. They're in trouble. They're tied with Brazil and Uruguay on points. Wow. Hmm? Venezuela. Venezuela. This Mm. this has got to be in fourth. Yeah. First first ever, potentially first ever qualification for a World Cup. Wow. That would be really special. Very cool. Good shout out, Nico. Yeah. Well done. La vino tinto. (laughs) Respect. Uh, Jordan, you ready? Because we're going to chat some NWSL playoffs. I'm always ready. Soon. When we come back after a quick time out, stay with us, everybody. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential, and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to Morning Footy. Hey, the NWSL Championship trophy got a little facelift, Jordan. Ooh-hoo-hoo. What do we think of this? Apparently, I- it's it's from Tiffany, yeah, according I- to Alex. Uh, Alexis Ohanian. Yeah, I did not know that when I first saw this. I, I guess I didn't read the whole tweet. I just saw the image, and I was 
all about it. Yeah. Those are sick trophies. Yeah. That is very nice. The MVP has some like They're sexy. As it should, yeah. Some some real weight to it. I can't wait to see that lifted for the first time November 11th. Right? In hey. San Diego. Who's going to be there? San Diego. Who's going to be there? I will be there. I'll be present. You. I will be That's on who. the desk. Very yes, cool. I'm Our excited. Girl. I'm second year in a row. I'm pretty pumped. Holding it down. Thanks. You know, yeah. Tiffany also designed the Yankees logo. Wow. Really? Yeah. The Yankees logo came from a, a Wait, fallen, like the, the old school one? Like back the in the day? The actual Yankee oh, logo wow. came from a pendant that Tiffany made uh, for a fallen firefighter. Oh, so wow. classic. Yeah. That's cool. Tiffany's all part of sports. Yeah, I guess so. I like so. it. <sighs> um, all right. Well, uh, the NWSL playoffs kick off this Friday. Let's take a look at the bracket because we have some quarterfinal action to look forward to this weekend. The first one, as we mentioned, on Friday at Lumen Field, OL Rain hosting Angel yes. City. That's going to be yeah. incredible. And then on Sunday, we've got um, Gotham and NC Courage. Those are kicking off this weekend. You can watch these on CBS Sports Network. Let's chat about that um, first quarterfinal matchup on Friday, Jordan. If there is one team that I would not want to face right now, it would be Angel City, who have been fan-freaking-tastic. They have not lost. They won loss since June 17th, mid-June. We're talking one loss. Remember since how bad they were? I know. <laughs> oh yeah. I know, but it is—it's staggering their their run of form and what Becky Tweed has done since taking over. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, how how are you feeling about their chances, Jordan? I'm actually feeling really good. They just recently beat OL Reign for the first time in their history. Yeah, it's a short history. Oh well, uh, this Angel City squad only started last year, so that that win though I think gives them a different confidence. They have never beaten OL Reign in Seattle, which is going to be a different task. But OL Reign perennially in the playoffs, but they're not that good in the playoffs. There has been 10 losses to home teams in NWSL playoffs, 10 total. OL Reign have three of those losses, which is not a good stat. When you're a team a little bit, I would say, struggling to be different than they have been. When you face OL Reign, you know what you're going to get. I think the difficulty with Angel City right now is an opponent can't, it's hard for them to prepare because they have 14 goal scorers. Goals can come from a lot of different mm. places. They've played in this new formation where it's a four, it's truly a 4-2-4. So aggressive with those outside players. In the press, in um, transition moments, they rely on their central midfielders a lot to cover ground. And they've been able to do it. I, I would agree. I, I think OL Reign is going to be a little bit nervous for this one. Question for you, speaking about teams that might be a little bit nervous, Portland Thorns, mm-hmm. San Diego Wave, their game not until November. That puts them at about right below three weeks of no football. That's wild. Is that an advantage or a disadvantage? What's the consensus? I would feel, especially if I was San Diego right now, in the form that they've been playing in, a disadvantage. For Portland, <laughs> I could kind of would feel good about it because hmm. they have not had a good end of their season. They've been so up and down. But for San Diego, we, we talked to Casey Stoney, the, the head coach, the Shield winners on that final day at home in San Diego. And she mentioned playing a game on Friday because then she'll lose players to international break. Right. They'll, they'll have a game, but they're going to play. Keep that rhythm. Keep that pattern. A Friday game, so just in a couple of days. But I don't know. I think it, the benefit will be you'll have time to prep for whatever team that you have coming up. But um, San Diego are hosting 
and then they would host the final. Mm. I, I, it's going to be hard to displace them and to get mm. a win in San Diego, knowing that if they win, they are at home at Snapdragon with potentially 30 Two plus thousand people. That would set a record for the final, would it not? Yes. Wow. So early doors, playoff haven't begun, but do you think it will be a home game for this final? I think it's going to be a home game. Wow. I think it's going to be a home game. I think North Carolina takes out Gotham too, which I think is even without be- Caroline. Even without Caroline. You're breaking my heart. I know. I just I feel confident about North Carolina and the system they have. Gotham. They had a good last game against one of the worst teams in the league, form-wise. So I think Gotham feels confident. But um, they also feel like they're reaching and stretching and grasping at something over the last few games in the season in North Carolina. They know who they are. They're going to stick to it. Tyler Lucy is clutch. She scored five game-winning goals in one nothing games. And she just scored the, the game-winning goal to give North Carolina that win in the last game of the season. So they have some other option, not Caroline. Hopefully it's not terrible news for her, but yeah. still waiting on an still update. Waiting to yeah. Hear. yeah. Ugh, man, it didn't look good. Uh, yeah. No, say that much. Um, all right, guys, we are going to take a break. We are going to catch up with Jimmy Conrad and we're going to get oh. his thoughts on the U.S.'s international break when we come back. Don't go anywhere. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to Morning Footy. We're so glad you joined us this morning. We've been chatting all morning about uh, the U.S. men's national team and their big 4-0 win over Ghana. And we thought, who better to bring in for more on this than the one and only Jimmy Conrad. We're not even talking about bets today. Hey, hey, We're hey. just going pure U.S. Let's go. Hey, How hi. you doing, Jimmy? I'm doing great. I just want to state for the record and just get, get ahead of it. Can we play Ghana every time we play the U.S.? Because <laughs> oh, they were question. terrible. <laughs> they were they were not good. That, that, but you know what? Let's 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 ignore that point. Um, let's chat about what the U.S. did well. I'm curious. We've been kind of talking about it all morning. Like I said, I, I just want to get your your general thoughts on how you're feeling about the U.S. men's national team and how they performed during this international window. Well, what I'll say is, well, let's reverse engineer it. Let's start with the Ghana game. What I really liked is that we had a reaction. We didn't play particularly well against Germany. We had moments, especially of individual brilliance. You know, we'd look at Christian Pulisic's goal against Germany. I know he gets a little bit of a good layoff there from Balogun, takes a space, and then goes and, and obviously buries one top corner, world-class goal. We saw Timo Weah have a couple good runs, individual runs, but not a lot of combination play. And actually, I was pretty disappointed that Fuller and Balogun didn't touch the ball a lot in that Germany game with 17 touches overall, not enough for him to have the influence that we know that he can have. So there seemed to be a reaction from the team against Ghana. We're going to set the tone right from the get-go. We're going to get Balogun involved as soon as possible. He had a shot 90 seconds into the game. You could already see that they were buzzing to get him involved. Also, I think this is irrefutable at this point. I don't want to see Sergino Dest at the left back anymore. He only should be playing right back for us. 
He's better at right back. The team flows better when he's at right back. And I think we actually did our team a disservice by putting him on the left against Germany. We know that it doesn't necessarily work. And I think our balance was off. Now you put Christopher Lund at left back there and he's a left-sided player and our balance just seemed a little bit better. So I think that needs to be taken into consideration that we don't need to put round pegs and square holes all the time just because we want to get our best 11 players on the field. Sometimes your best 11 players aren't necessarily your best team. Hmm. Preach, Jimmy hmm. Conrad. Jordan, you were yeah. throwing your hands well, up well, in agreement remember, while Jimmy was talking. Friday, I said, why not Lund as a left back mm -hmm. when Charlie gave his yeah, starting 11? Did. And we had a long discussion about it. And I think part of it is try him against a team that is really good. I, I, I get that Serginho Dest can play both sides, but what I don't understand is if you have a left-footed left back, which is a weak position in our team anyways, why would you try to play somebody else? See if he can sink or swim against Germany. And I, think I that agree, been Jordan. A... We are on the same page. Yes. yes. <laughs> we are triggering each other in a very positive <laughs> way right now. So, so I do think that we had a missed opportunity because I thought Loon did pretty well against a, very, a good player, Mohamed Kudus. Now, Ghana, Ghana was not on, on it last night. And, and as much as I said they were, quote-unquote, terrible to start, that has a lot to do with how we were performing. We were ready to go. Mm -hmm. We were looking to take advantage of our advantages. That's something that I think is a hallmark of good teams. When you have numerical advantages anywhere around the field, how can you actually turn those into something that's meaningful? We turn those into some good goals. Balogun was super involved in this particular game. I thought Gio Reyna and his combination play when he plays more central is helpful as well. Him scoring two obviously helps and, and is going to give a boost of confidence to him and to the group overall. Another thing, though, I think we should discuss, Weston McKinney doesn't start against Ghana. We try something a little bit different. We have Musa, we have Cardoso in midfield. We have Reyna at the 10 spot. And I still think we're missing Tyler Adams. I think that was quite evident against Germany who had more control over the ball than, than Ghana did. But when Weston comes out, all of a sudden, we start to flow a little bit different. And I wonder if Wesson starts to get in the way of Gio Reyna. I think it's just a conversation worth having. Because Wesson likes to float around a lot, is that the best way for us to have enough or the right spacing, let's say, in midfield? Just something that we need to think about. I yeah. think Wesson's great. I love having him. He's a clutch player. But doesn't necessarily mean he's our best combination in that midfield spot. So I know Ghana didn't really test us. It's hard to really evaluate Cardoso and the center backs uh, in this particular game. But it does lend itself to who is our best 11 as a team. So, James Paul, I want you to put on your player hat. Uh, Hi, Mom. Only my mom calls me James Paul. <laughs> give me the perspective from the player, not from an outside broadcaster. Back in the day when you were playing, right, and maybe Germany was the team you wanted to beat. Ghana, you probably knew you were going to beat. And they beat them handedly. They weren't tough opposition. You're maybe thinking, ah, that game shouldn't have gotten out of hand like it got. How, what's the player feeling? What, what are the elite, like, like what's Pulisic feeling? What's Wea feeling? What's Musa feeling? Are they, are they satisfied with this window? I would say overall, good question, that there would be some satisfaction because of the way that you responded to how you performed against Germany. I think that reaction is super important because it speaks less about who you're playing against and more towards the mindset and mentality that you want to have as a group. You're not going to win every single game. And of course, you want to play as well as you possibly can. But when you don't play well, how do you respond? And there were some quotes there from Balogun after the game saying that they watched a lot of video. 
They wanted to have a reaction. And I think there's going to be a lot of satisfaction from the fact that they had a real positive reaction. That first half against Ghana was excellent. And what I loved was that we didn't stop. We didn't take our foot off the gas. We kept pushing and kept pushing and kept pushing. And I think that's something to build off of. So I think all these guys will go back to their clubs thinking, all right, that, that was good. It wasn't great against Germany. We learned some valuable lessons, and hopefully we can move those or take those with us as we move forward. Jimmy, I want to talk to you a little bit. I know you were a defender. You got to see the whole pitch. Plus, obviously, you're a soccer genius, mm. right? Coach that goes without well. saying. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so I want your take on if you were playing center back and to your left you saw Lund, in front of you you saw Cardozo, and you uh, saw Leonard Maloney for a little bit. Out of those three, what are your takeaways? And who from those three – at least two of them, do you think, have a future on this team? So, great question. Leonard Maloney, for me, didn't see enough. I will say that I saw some advanced stats uh, with, with regard to Maloney. He doesn't pass the ball forward very often. He'll keep the ball, but he, he's kind of like the 10 freeway. He plays a lot of east-west. You know what I mean? You guys know what I'm saying? Terrible joke. No, and so, we're not. So, and then no. he'll play. The 10. The 10. I said he's a soccer genius, not a comedy genius, but go ahead. Okay. I'm, I'm trying to merge the two. Clearly, it's not working for me this morning. But, uh, <laughs> but, but so Maloney plays safe a lot. And I think at some point, depending on the opponent, that's okay. But we want to have a midfield that can hit those, those uh, line-splitting passes. So for me, Maloney, I just need to see a little bit more. Johnny Cordoso, I wish we would have saw him start a game against a Germany. To see him solve problems in a way where we don't have a lot of the ball. How are we protecting the back four? How are you helping us transition when we do win it? And I don't think he got asked those tough questions against a Ghana team, again, that wasn't really up for it. So again, I want to see a little bit more of Cordoso. With regard to Loon, though, I just think it comes down to balance. And so I would really appreciate having a left-sided player on the left of the field and how that connection works with Christian Pulisic in particular. Now, I thought Lund in his first start, I remember him kind of getting in the way of Pulisic, that allowing Pulisic to, to find those pockets of space. And I thought that, that that patience from Lund was better this time around as we look to go forward. And he picked his spots a lot more smartly. So I'd want to see more of Lund, and I think I'd probably be leaning more towards wanting to see more of him as opposed to the other two. So, Jimmy, do you want Leonard Maloney <laughs> oh, no. instead of is going this your on West the Valley Girl? Is this, is this your California? Do you want, it, He's do doing you the want Leonard Maloney to do, like, more 405 instead of the 10? Uh, totally, bro. Like, got me with a spoon. I, I, I just think he should be like more like Pacific Coast Highway, the one. I need to see more line splitting passes, you know. But more I, beautiful. I think that Gnarly. Maloney. Listen, it's his first cap, first time ever with the U.S. Men's National Team. I could, I would play safe too. I'm not trying to make the game. I'm not trying to be messy out there. Though that would be pretty cool to see Leonard Maloney turn into Messi. I, I, I do want to see more of Cardoso. I guess he's right there as well. After I finished saying what I said before, Alexis. I want to see more of him in, a, in, a, in an environment where we're going to get tested and he has to make decisions about when to go, when to stay, and how he supports the players around him. And I don't think Ghana really gave us yeah. that much uh, of a squeeze there. That's where I'm – I was a little – I don't know, hard on the team and saying I, I liked the first half performance versus Ghana, but I was actually more disappointed in the second half performance and that they could have allowed these players or, or these players that are trying to push into the, the starting lineup weren't able to find the back of the net. I, I was pretty harsh on that. And Did you feel like the second half was good enough for this team? Did you expect them to come out and score more goals? Did you like the tactics? I just... I feel like I was left wanting more from this second group of players who played in the second half. No, that's a good question as well. I thought there were going to be more goals. 
I think we did maybe lose some of the momentum that we had built up in the first half. I think Ghana was ready to get on a plane when the second half started and just want to get home. So, so I could see everybody kind of doing that old, hey, let's just get through these 45 minutes, little gentleman's handshake and just move on with it. Yeah, I think there were maybe when you're up four zero at half, everything just went your way and everything that you were trying to execute. You ticked every single box, right? There's nothing you can really say otherwise. Uh, Matt Turner made a hell of a save on Kudus as well. I don't want to yeah. I want to give him yeah. a shout out for, for not having a lot of work and then having to make a world class save like that. So it really speaks to his quality. And then once the second half comes in, you make a few changes. Ghana's definitely disinterested at that point. It was going to be hard to really find anything or read between the lines. So I, I kind of chalk that up to, yeah. to dis disinterest. And, and oh, you know what happens? I've been one of these players, too. You come on like, oh, it's my first chance of the national team. You're running around like you're crazy. I'm going to do this. I'm going to yeah. do that. And I'm going to make this play. I'm going to solve this problem. And you're hearing everything what the coach says before. And you're trying to be like five different people. And you're so excited to be out there. And then you have the other six guys that have just played the first half. They're basically smoking a cigarette going, hey, buddy, relax, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's how we, you we hold a cigarette. We've got this under control. And so, and so <laughs> the momentum between the, Jimmy the two Conrad players. Jimmy Conrad never smoked a cigarette yeah, yeah, yeah. in the life. That's definitely how that's we all true. want cigarettes, Jimmy. All of us. I, I haven't smoked, actually, anything in my life. That's one fact. But I, 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 I wanted to... I wanted to cherish my temple of the body. Okay, everybody relax. So, but but uh, but I think that's what you ran into in the second half. So yeah. I don't really evaluate it the same way. Yeah, I think it was just disappointing because of how Ghana was playing. You just expect the team to score. Yeah, better. true. So yeah. I don't know. High expectations Do over here. You know here. what? I like it. Fair. Yeah. I say fair, Jordan and yeah. Julie. Uh, Jimmy, thank See you, you Jimmy. so much Always for joining pleasure. us. Always great Bye, to everybody. see you. <laughs> I'm sure we'll check in soon. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Um, okay, so here's a look at the bottom half of the MLS Eastern Conference standing. Charlotte currently on 39 points. So a win would put them in playoff contention with yeah. one game to go it on would, decision day yeah. this weekend. Put them in eighth spot, and everybody else above, by the way, has clinched already. And D.C. United is eliminated even though they're in yes, ninth. Yeah. They're Don't done playing games. They have a bye on the last game. Don't let that fool you. Don't let that fool you. But um, for Charlotte, I mean, this could be – this. we don't think Messi is going to be playing in this game. Uh, this is a huge opportunity for them. How, how are Inter-Miami going to approach this with got, nothing really to play for? They're going to play two different Miamis, right? Potentially one with oh. Messi and one without. That's two very different No Miamis. Cremashi, no Taylor, no Joseph, no Messi – no Chris. No problem for FC Charlotte. Hey, hey see what uh, I did there. Uh, no, you know no what problem. though? If they if they do win, it you said it, Nico. It's gonna it's gonna cause chaos uh, on decision day. Fine, we're and here for I it. am here for decision day chaos. The chaos. Always. Bring it this on. Weekend. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you again tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody. It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.